Hi, it's your pal Steamed Hams. Join me every week on the Unforgettable Luncheon as we discuss topics in the nerd world like gaming, comics, cartoons, and whatever else may cross my mind. You can find me on the socials as SteamedHams81 on Twitch, Twitter, and Instagram, and YouTube. You can also find me as the Unforgettable Luncheon on Facebook. And check out Steamed Hams Merchatorium, the link to which will be in the description of this podcast. The Unforgettable Luncheon, nerd comedy at its okayest. Every week, we tune into different television shows as a little escape from the real world. We watch sitcoms, action shows, police procedurals, cartoons, and reality shows. But have you ever sat and watched a show and thought, this would make a cool game? Well, there was someone listening, but the results weren't always perfect. We had games that were as entertaining as the show, and sometimes we had games that make you say, why is this a game? We're going to talk about video games based on TV shows, today on the Unforgettable Luncheon. It's your old pal, Steamed Hams. I hope you're ready for another unforgettable luncheon. Growing up, I watched a lot of TV. I didn't have a huge social life. Shocking, huh? If I wasn't playing video games, I was watching TV. Sometimes the two would collide. I'd be watching a cartoon or a TV show and think, you know, it'd be pretty cool if they made a game out of this. And surprisingly... Games were made out of TV shows. Some good, some bad, some making you go, but why though? Here's some games that were made to cash in on TV shows. We are going to hit different eras from like the NES until now because, well, let's face it, the Atari ones weren't masterpieces at all. You know, and I'm not going to talk about game show adaptations since those are already games to begin with. So that's like not fair. And sadly, despite what the cover art for this episode suggests, there was no video game adaptation of Welcome Back, Cotter. But there should be. Let's start things off with DuckTales. DuckTales, released by Capcom in 1989 for the NES, was adapted from the 1987 cartoon series of the same name. It followed Scrooge McDuck, the richest duck in the world, on his various adventures, gathering treasure, and, of course, the misadventures of his nephews, Huey, Dewey, and Louie. Okay, let's be honest. I'm sure most of you know who the hell Scrooge McDuck is, so let's not waste time talking about him. Let's get into the game. In the game, Scrooge is traveling the world looking for five great treasures that will make him even richer. I mean, how the hell can he get even richer? The man has a giant vault full of gold coins that he swims in. If that doesn't scream like, holy shit, I'm rich, I don't know what does. You travel to the Amazon, some African mines, the Himalayas, Transylvania, and the moon. You have to defeat various enemies and avoid traps to get to the final boss of each level, and defeat the boss to get the treasure for that level. There are plenty of smaller treasures along the way, all of which increase your score or wealth. After gathering the five treasures, you return to Transylvania to battle Dracula Duck, 
followed by a battle with series villains Flintheart Glamgold, who is Scrooge's main rival, and Magic at the Spell, a sorceress, and another recurring villain from the TV series. Once you finish the game, you get one of three endings. You get the regular one just for finishing the game. They're like, here you go, attaboy. You, you, you won. There you go. You get a great ending for finishing with at least $10 million in the bank. Well, $10 million score, but if Scrooge don't have $10 million in the bank, he done fucked up. And, of course, a bad ending for ending the game with nothing. Which is absolutely impossible unless you spend all your money on cheats to restore your life and whatnot. So, so wait a minute. You have to cheat to get the bad ending? I mean, that's new. I mean, I always have to cheat to get the good ending. I, I mean, I don't cheat in games. Not at all. Never used a cheat code in my life. Up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, B-A, start. <clears throat> oh, excuse me. Um, anyways, the game was remastered for the Xbox 360, PS3, PC, and Wii U in 2013. The original version is also available on the Disney Afternoon Collection for current-gen consoles like the Xbox One, PS4, PS5, and so on. That was uh, released in 2017. I love this game, yet never owned it until I scored the remaster and Disney Afternoon Collection. Check it out if you can. Honestly, I could fill this entire episode just with the Disney Afternoon Collection games. But I'm not gonna. So there. Eh. The Adventures of Gilligan's Island is next on the list. The Adventures of Gilligan's Island, released by Bandai in 1990 for the NES, is based on a 1964 sitcom, Gilligan's Island. Gilligan's Island follows a group of castaways on an uncharted desert island after a storm ran their tour boat, the SS Minnow, aground. The castaways, which included the skipper, his first mate Gilligan, Mr. and Mrs. Howell, who were the millionaire and his wife, Ginger, the movie star, the professor, and Marianne. Okay, let's be honest. I really had to stop myself from just singing the theme song. Because, well, those of you who know the song know it's catchy as hell. And I remember the the actors playing the Professor and Marianne having a shit fit because in the beginning they were just known as And the Rest. Until they finally got the Professor and Marianne part in there. The game follows the skipper as he traverses four levels called Episodes to find various objects to help them get off the island, which was like a recurring theme on the show to begin with. You know, but I'm not, I'm actually surprised that that's not just a shitload of coconuts because anyone who's watched the show knows that the professor could build anything out of coconuts. The man built a working radio out of coconuts. You wander the island with a computer-controlled Gilligan following you, who gets into various predicaments that you have to rescue him from every so often, like falling into holes or getting caught in traps. You search for the other castaway, castaways, of which Ginger is notably absent, and you complete quests. You must contend with traps and defeat four different bosses. I mean, I totally understand the headhunter boss, the gorilla boss, maybe even the undead skeleton boss. But how the hell did a grizzly bear make it onto the island? 
those are not native to desert islands. I mean, did a, a bear tour boat also crash? Is he Bear Gilligan? Maybe he ate ginger and that's why you don't see her in the game. I don't know. I mean, I played this a couple times on an emulator a friend had. I found it fun and wouldn't actually mind another crack at it. You know, maybe someday there'll be a, a release of, like, classic TV show games that will be in a collection that my dumbass will download and play like crazy. But until then, gotta find this game out in the wild somehow and have a Nintendo. Next on the list... We're going to discuss Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Power Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, released in 1994 for various consoles by, once again, Bandai. I'm going to talk about the Super NES version because reasons. Okay, the reason being it's the only console I had to play the game on. The different consoles had different versions, with the Genesis version actually being a straight-up, like, one-on-one fighting game. This was more of a side-scrolling beat-em-up that had one-on-one fighting game levels. Uh, for those of you not in the know, you're either too young, too old, or too cool, uh, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers was a TV series based on the 16th season of the Japanese Super Sentai series, Goryu Sentai Zororanger. I hope I didn't butcher that like crazy, because my Japanese is horrible, and I lived there for three years. It follows five teenagers with attitude as they're more or less drafted to fight intergalactic villains by a big floating head in a tube who's assisted by an anxiety-ridden robot. The kids, all actors in their 20s, would battle minions of the villains before morphing into the Power Rangers, at which point we get footage that was totally filmed in Japan. Basically, all the battle scenes with the Power Rangers and their big-ass mechs called Zords were swiped from the Japanese version to save Doe, which was the style at the time. In the game, you can select any of the five Rangers, from Red Ranger Jason, Black Ranger Zack, Pink Ranger Kimberly, Yellow Ranger Trini, or Blue Ranger Billy. Everyone had a different fighting style based on their characters' personality traits. You know, Jason and Trini being martial artists, obviously kung-fu their way through levels. Kimberly, the gymnast, used acrobatic-style movements. Um, Zack, the dancer, used dance-style fighting moves. And Billy, the nerd, just hopes to God he hits some while flailing his arms wildly and covering his face. You run through five side-scrolling beat-em-up levels with each of the first half as the kids and themselves before you morph into the ranger form halfway through and get cool weapons and you know, are a little more powerful. Then you get two additional levels where your Zords Voltron themselves together to become the Megazord and battle two different Monsters of the Week or Kaiju of the Week for you weebs. No real story, as the show wasn't known for its writing anyways. It was fun for a bit, but it gets super repetitive as it goes on. Relatively short and not exactly Dark Souls level of difficulty, um, I say this one's more for the fans than anything. Give it a try, but but don't have super high hopes. You know, I mean, the show was campy as it was. The game is on the same level. All right. Now for a game that definitely makes you say, 
But why, though? Did you know someone out there actually thought it would be a spectacular idea to make a Grey's Anatomy game? Ubisoft did in 2009. While researching this episode, I came upon this game and just thought, why? How do you make a game out of one of the cheesiest primetime soap operas out there? Oh, and the plot is just like, chef's kiss bad. Okay, the hospital is on quarantine for a diphtheria outbreak. Yeah, I'm not making this up. They went with diphtheria. So, either the goddamn hospital is now magically on the Oregon Trail, or Brody from Mallrats is running around Seattle, stink-palming people before offering them chocolate-covered pretzels. Say, would you like a chocolate-covered pretzel? They're a little melty, but damn are they exquisite. Of course, you know, it's standard uh, mini-games in there. It follows the plot of people wanting to advance professionally, romantic issues, emotions, you know, all the standard soap opera stuff. You know, you get to perform surgery or deep breathe to control emotions. Again, this was the writers, not me. And who is this for? I don't see a bunch of girls getting together on a Saturday night for wine and Grey's Anatomy on the Wii. Also, side note, alcohol and the Nintendo Wii do not mix. Trust me on this. Overall, it was met with mixed reviews. Not surprising. What's next? A Desperate Housewives game? Oh, wait, there are two of those. Nope, nope, not doing it. Not going there. We're done here. As you can see, video games based on TV shows are a bit of a mixed bag. I mean, there are so many more I could have gone into, but I don't have six hours to uh, go into every single one of them. Well, that's it for another unforgettable luncheon. I hope a good time was had by all. You can hit me up on all the socials like Twitter, Twitch, Instagram, and Facebook as SteamedHams81. Or you can even email me at SteamedHams81 at gmail.com. Let me know what you thought. Join me next week, of course, when the topic will once again be something nerdy.